when you go on a date, you're not automatically trying to find somebody to marry. Now, you might in some in the back of your head going, this one might be it. But if you go on that first date going, at the end of this date, we're getting married. Then we're getting married. If we go into it with that kind of perspective, we put too much pressure, not only on the date, for crying out loud, but on what we're trying to achieve during the date. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. And if you don't know much about me, let me give you a little background. Don't be fooled by my name or my ever-changing and colorful hair or even my impressive collection of fun and sometimes crazy shoes. No matter what I present on the outside, I am serious about business. In particular, I'm dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces and helping individuals and businesses unlock their ultimate potential. Before launching my global training company called Shock Your Potential, I was vice president of U.S. sales for two multinational medical device companies responsible for as much as $100 million annually and as many as 500 employees at a time. So when it comes to leadership and sales, I've been there and done that. Each episode is designed to get you thinking, to motivate you, and to get you excited to shock your potential. Listen in today. When we actually stop and say, is this person a potential person that I like? We have a different outcome because otherwise, let's think about this. When you go on a blind date, it's been a long time, or a first date, it's been a long time for me, thank God, I hope I never have to do this again. When you go on a date, you're not automatically trying to find somebody to marry. Now, you might in some in the back of your head going, this one might be it. But if you go on that first date going, at the end of this date, we're getting married. Then we're getting married. If we go into it with that kind of perspective, we put too much pressure, not only on the date, for crying out loud, but on what we're trying to achieve during the date. See, now our qualification is much different than, do I even like this person? Do they have a sense of humor? Do they like the same things? Do they believe in the same things? Do we have aligned values? If we're only thinking, I want to marry them, then we're going to miss out on what's really, really important. We're only looking at it from one standpoint, one eye closed. And if we're looking at qualifying leads in that way, and I know you're all sitting there going, Michael, I don't do that at all. I like to meet people. I like to network. It's all good. Of course, we all have that in us. But let's all be honest. Sometimes we're looking at people going, hey, you could bring me business. It could happen. But once we get into that moment of, could this be the one? Could this be the one to get me the next job? Could this be the one to get me the next opportunity? Then we become this and we become panicked. As I was listening to this uh, segment of this conference that I did on, I hate sales, which is not true. I love sales. Um, it brought back some really great thoughts and it made me really think about what does it mean truly to qualify a lead? And I'm going to probably push some of your um, mental expectations on this, maybe some of your preconceived ideas on what it means to qualify a lead. Uh, I, we do some lead generation in my company for other clients, and there's always this sense of, you know, this question I ask them before we start, and that's, you know, what does it mean to qualify a lead for you? And they're like, well, we just want the person to be so excited about everything we do that all you need to do is hand it over to us and then we'll be able to close the sale. And, you know, that's, I guess there's some businesses that that may work, <laughs> but in not a lot, 
And it depends on whether it's a relationship sale, a product, a good, a service idea, things changed by the price tag with things, uh, the consumer and customer interaction, all those pieces have an impact on whether or not you can get somebody quickly or not to the here's my check. Um, and for those of you who don't know what a check is, <laughs> we used to actually write checks out of a checkbook. Um, in fact, I just had to write one for uh, the renewal of my passport. It was very strange. I didn't even know we still had any checks at my house. Regardless, I, I, I digress a little bit. But if you think back, if you listen to yesterday's episode, I hit on a couple points. So I want to bring these back up again. So we were talking about some data from salesinsightslab.com where they had one study point that said more than 50% of your prospects aren't actually a good fit for what you are selling. And the benchmark index uh, said that salespeople who don't do a needs assessment with a potential customer are 73 less, 73% less likely to close a sale. Now, why, again, am I bringing up this data? And what does this have to do with qualification? Again, maybe not exactly what you think it's going to mean. So I'm not saying that we just need to weed through everybody and only talk to those people who are absolutely in line and ready to say yes, because I don't I don't think that's smart. Um, I don't think that's good for the long term, but it really should get us thinking about, well, what kind of questions are we asking? And then if we think that maybe there's some chance to work with the person, maybe they'll be a customer, might be five years from now, 10 years from now, maybe they might get a, give us a referral. Maybe, maybe we have affiliate opportunity. I don't know, but I know that they probably aren't someone ready to close now then we're going to talk about them in some later episodes about nurturing those leads. And today, really focus, dive down deeper on qualification. And so that's why I say with these two data points, I think they're really interesting because the, the second one, the benchmark index, is, is this idea of before even doing a needs assessment for the potential customer to see whether or not you sell what they need, I'm going to challenge you to find out first if you want to do business with them. Just let that sit there for a minute. Just, just contemplate that. Now, in my clip, I talk about two different analogies, uh, dating and gardening. Um, I love them both. These are ones that I have a lot of fun with. Let's talk about the dating one first. So if you think about the fact that, um, and, you know, of course, there's these stupid shows like, you know, Marriage at First Sight or something. I don't know. I don't even know why anybody would do that except for it to get on TV. And then I don't know why you'd want that. But in real life, people don't go on a date thinking at the end of this date, I am going to marry this person. Not tomorrow, not you know a year from now, but right immediately after this date, because that would be ridiculous. However, we go into sales situations with that mindset. Oh, I have a call today with a potential uh, speaking gig opportunity. And at the end of it, I want them to send me the contract. Now, look, I'm not going to say that's not going to happen because sometimes it does. Um, but most of the time, not only does it not happen that way, but that would be putting some incredible pressure on you and the customer to move a process too quickly. So when I talk about you know going on a first date with somebody, but expecting at the end of that date to be walking down the aisle, it's really 
a great way to ask yourself, am I actually asking questions of myself, such as, do I have something that this person really wants? Um, are they, to my my understanding, ready for what I have available to them? Do I even think I'd like to work with them or sell them this? Now, I'm going to tell you, I understand that sometimes you have to do business with people you don't like. Sometimes you do business with people that you don't really know. Let's put those aside and just understand the concept or think about the concept. The concept is if we really like and trust somebody, you know, we always hear, you know, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. Okay, blah, 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 blah. What about us? Do we know, like, and trust them? In some cases, it doesn't matter. If you're going to sell them a dishwasher, you know, does it really matter? Well, it might. Because do you know enough about them to know really what kind of dishwasher they want? Do they want the dishwasher today? Do they need the dishwasher after their house is remodeled? Do they need the dishwasher because they don't trust their contractor to put one in that's that's good? Do we trust that they're not going to put it in and then have a problem with it and call us 4,700 times, which if we would have asked enough questions, we would have found out that that's why they didn't like the dishwasher they currently have. Not that you still don't have to do or can't or shouldn't do business with those people, but they're good questions to ask not maybe directly, but different questions to ask to get you really thinking about what does it mean to have a sales relationship? So I want you to then think about where I went with the garden analogy. And we're not going to go too deep in it today. We're going to tackle that in the next couple of days. But again, I know it's, it's kind of an obnoxious way to say it, but you don't plant an entire garden to get one strawberry. You don't plant an entire orchard to get one apple. You plant fruitfully to have plenty, understanding that there are going to be some that don't make it, some that the birds eat. In other words, your competition. (laughs) Some like in my urban garden where, uh, you know, right before the tomatoes get ripe, the squirrels come, take one bite out of them and then leave them on my doorstep just to mock me. Yes, that happens too. But we also, in terms of nurturing, we need to be looking at those that maybe as we were qualifying them, we say, you know what? I don't think this person's ready right now, or maybe I'm not ready for them right now. Maybe it's not a good fit. Maybe they will never be a good fit, but I like them. I feel good about them and I want to keep them somewhere in my garden. But the key is when we are planting a garden, we don't just plant it and then refuse to water it until the day we want the fruit. We have to water and weed along the way. That's the nurturing process. But the first question is, what plants do you want in that garden? Um, I think about the fact that my husband laughs at me every year because I plant way too many things, even in our little urban garden in Philadelphia. But I plant them because I just love plants and I just love having them. And he's like, why do you keep putting a habanero plant in our garden when we only use like two the entire summer? (laughs) And my answer is because they're beautiful. I like them and they attract other animals and birds and insects that are good for the rest of the garden. Hmm. Think about that. We're going to talk about that with nurturing along the way as well. But as we nurture our garden, we should be nurturing the ones that we really like. So if you really, really, really don't like zucchini, don't plant zucchini (laughs) unless you really like to give it away to the neighbors because it's going to be prolific. And if you don't like it, it may distract you 
from the other things in your garden that are very, very delicious, wonderful, enticing, great opportunities, quote unquote, qualified for what you need, what you have, what you're willing uh, to sell, goods, services, ideas. And we don't want to distract ourselves with too many things that may be lovely to look at, but that really aren't helping the garden to grow in the area that we want to. So these are just some ideas at first to kind of tickle your mind and your brain to think about how do we approach sales differently? And you know, in the end of the first clip, I reference uh, the statement of you don't want to be this. And I was actually pointing to a uh, clip of a rather obnoxious looking used car salesman with gold teeth. And that's what people always respond to when they say to me, I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to be that guy, that gal, that person. And it doesn't have to be. In fact, I believe that sales should never, ever be that. In fact, if you are really confident in sales, there's really never a close. There's always just a question that says, how would you like to proceed from here? Allowing the relationship to mature as it needs to in a way that's comfortable and confident. And then when you come up against those things like saying your price or having to talk about negotiations or differences of opinion, you've already established a qualified relationship that allows you to navigate those waters. Let me give you one last example before we're done today is I was just earlier today on a call with a a potential speaking opportunity for me. My fees, when I quoted them at the end of of almost an hour of discussion were significantly higher than uh, what they had already aligned in the budget. Now I could have at the very beginning said, yes, now tell me what your budget is. I could have quote unquote qualified that sales call. But what that would have done is taken away my interest and approach to find out if I knew that I wanted to work with this group. And through the conversation, I knew absolutely that I wanted to work with this group. Now I have an issue. Now my issue is, what do I do when what is in their budget is significantly different than what my speaking fees are? And you might say, well, you're going to have to discount or you're going to have to say no. Or what are you going to have to do? Now, I'm not going to tell you exactly what I've done yet, but because of the way I grew that garden in a very short period of time on one phone call with them, I was able to come up with several different strategies to work with them to figure out how to meet their needs and mine. I'll tell you a little bit more about it later. But the point is, is that on the flip side, if she would have asked me before we started the conversation, tell me what your fees are. And I would have told her what my fees are. She would have tuned out to the entire conversation. I'm glad she didn't. She actually, in the end, said, you know, I should have asked you in the beginning. I said, I'm glad you didn't because I wanted to know whether or not we got along first and what you were doing with your meeting was something that I could be of benefit to you for. And I believe I can. Now, all that is stands in our way is to figure out how to get between my needs and your needs and figure out a positive solution if you feel I'm the one that you want as your keynote speaker. And she's like, we absolutely want you as our keynote speaker. I said, then let's get creative and let's work at this together. Now our garden is something we're working on together. So my belief is absolutely that sales is something that we can do differently, that we should do differently. And when we do it differently, we create a reputation that brings people to us. They begin to pre-qualify themselves as they come to us and help us to um, make even 
better connections that we can nurture along the way. Now, if you want to up your sales game and are learning some things from uh, these little tidbits uh, for this month, I want you to consider joining our Shock Your Sales Potential group coaching community that we are launching. Now, let me tell you a little bit about it. Through the Shock Your Sales Potential, I know it's a lot of words, but it's really true. Through this community, we work with sales professionals like you who are committed to professional development, who want to also improve their sales results. And I know it sounds like I'm reading this because I am, but I spent a lot of time putting this uh, description down of the person who is going to be best served by this community. Now, some of these people that are joining our group are already very naturally comfortable with sales, and they are the ones that like to get to and stay on the top. Some are not as comfortable. Heck, some don't even like sales at all, but they recognize that they've chosen a career in sales or that there's a sales component to their job and they want to be better at it and they want it to be comfortable and they want it to be something that is going to feel right. So through uh, this community, we're going to have live weekly coaching sessions followed by open Q&A. And through this, I'm going to guide you through some of these strategies that are aligned to your unique individual personalities and strengths. And when you work with us over time, you're not only going to achieve much better sales results, but you're going to do so with greater ease. And that means in your heart and mind as well, and much more success. So if you're interested in joining the first one that you uh, participate in, no cost, just come in and see if you like being a part of the program. Just send me an email at michael at shockyourpotential.com and reference shock your sales potential in the subject line. I'll send you the registration link. Again, that's michael at shockyourpotential.com. And just like a man's name, M-I-C-H-A-E-L. And then you'll have to spell out shockyourpotential.com. Yes, I know it's a very long company name, but I believe that you are going to love it. Uh, In the next couple of days, we'll also be sharing excerpts from our upcoming Shock Your Executive Potential uh, group coaching community that will happen also on a weekly basis and mirror the way that this organization works with Shock Your Sales Potential. And in that group coaching community, we work with professionals who want to advance their careers and are confident enough to know that the most successful people, yes, I know you want to know, are those who are, get this, open to learning and they're committed to their own personal development. Now, some of these people are earlier in their career, some are very experienced, uh, but everyone is there because there's something else they want to achieve. So if you're interested in both those or either of those, pop me an email at michael at shockyourpotential.com, reference the one or both that you're interested in the subject line, and I'll send you information. Thank you for being with us again today. It has been my pleasure to help you to shock your potential. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.